Welcome to How We Win, the official podcast of The Persistence. Action is the best antidote for anxiety, and we can all make a difference right now. Hope you enjoyed your turkey because we are back. Marriage equality passed in the Senate, Oath Keepers are found guilty of seditious conspiracy, and we are only one week away from the Georgia runoff election. Yes, time is running out to make sure we send Raphael Warnock back to the Senate. So joining us to share the best ways for you to make an impact is Christian Woods, veteran Georgia organizer and senior advisor to the Democratic Party of Georgia's coordinated campaign. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Jennifer Fernandez Ancona. And And this this is is How We Win. Win. How was your Thanksgiving? How was your vacay? It was wonderful. It was amazing to actually take a real break and time off. I highly <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> what What is that? That's something that no organizer in Georgia knows about, but hopefully some other organizers got a little bit of a break. Yes, I know. I think so, too. I know the folks in Georgia couldn't take a break yet, but we will be wishing them a very relaxing break after next week. That's right. That's right. Um, And like just careening into a news week right after our break, obviously it's all about Georgia and we have a lot of work to do there. But the news that has come up this week has been – a mixed bag of justice and um, important, important legislation codifying marriage equality. Um, but one thing that I want to start talking about is uh, this data about the midterms that shows mm-hmm. the difference between holding the House was 3,340 votes across five key districts. Mm-hmm. The, and this is such a compelling number to me because I believe that it really should inspire all of us, first of all, to get involved and recognize that we really can make an impact. Like you, people wonder, what can I do? Like what, what impact can I really make? But we're talking about just over 3,300 votes across five races. Yeah. An average person can make a huge impact, just making some phone calls, getting some friends engaged to do this work. Then the other thing about that is that it should encourage and motivate us to stay engaged and build our circles for the next election because they they are all this close. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's really important because you know, coming into this election cycle, we were told by pundits and prognosticators who frankly really got it wrong Mm -hmm. that it was impossible for us to hold the House um, and that the Republicans were going to have a red wave, of course. So the fact that the final result is this close in that number of votes, which you're absolutely right, any small group of volunteers could tackle that many voter outreach calls or knocks, um, that you know, it really was close and it really was winnable. And it really was unfortunate that the pundits set that early tone, which dampened volunteer turnout and organization. It dampened funding going to many of these places. Mm -hmm. I know it was, you know, that even the DCCC had to pull out of a lot of races. They didn't have enough funding to actually run ads in a lot of these places. So, 
it it really is a good lesson and a warning sign going into 2024 because you know we're lucky that we lost the house by such a slim majority this time because we absolutely have to win it back in 2024 knowing the role that the house plays in certifying the election results so it is really a an action a call to action and it's very inspiring truly that that we're that that you think about how close we are to actually flipping some of those seats and i think we we absolutely have to focus on that going forward in the next two years yeah yeah i hope uh everyone who volunteered if it was their first time volunteering or if they've been doing it for a while got a little taste of of Mm -hmm. their power uh, of the impact that they can make um because it's addictive you get a little taste. That's what the pusher does. Give you a little taste of something. And you, you can't stop. <laughs> you got to keep organizing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't even know how to address this next thing. I kind of want to skip over Trump's stupid Thanksgiving dinner party. But I, it's important to talk about um, uh, because a white supremacist and Holocaust denier is now trending on Twitter or was earlier today. And uh, it's in part uh, – well, it's due to Trump having uh, this person over to Mar-a-Lago to his private residence uh, for dinner along with uh, Ye or Kanye or whatever we're calling him. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, – but it's also – you know, the media has been amplifying this person and saying his name over and over again and mm-hmm. get shading the spotlight on him. This is a huge win for white supremacist groups, you know, who mm-hmm. feel like they – because they did literally get a seat at the table. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I just want to encourage people to do is, you know, of course, you have to call this out. And you have to question other Republicans about it. They're very silent on this. Um, they are just now starting to, you know, weak sauce condemn white supremacists, but not condemning Trump himself for doing it or making excuses. But we don't need to say their names. We don't need to amplify who these people are and create a larger platform for them. So. I don't I don't yes. you're 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 an expert in this. So what what's your thoughts mm-hmm. on it? Yeah, I think it was summed up best by a pledge to not quote tweet fascism. I think we can all take that pledge. <laughs> I will <laughs> not quote tweet fascism. I will not have their conversation. I will amplify the world I want. I think that's what we need to keep in our minds, right? It's you're absolutely right. We we don't want to amplify it and um it's a shame that the current media environment is so designed around that and it's hard to resist, but I think it starts with all of us just resisting and deciding not to do it. Yeah. Don't quote tweet fascism. I like that. It's a pretty good rule. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Seems simple. But, you know, we we quote treat our outrage all the time and uh, it only amplifies the outrage. So, um, So one thing that you can quote tweet is justice getting done and in an incredible way, a couple of Oath Keepers found guilty of seditious conspiracy. A federal jury in Washington, as we were recording this, found Oath Keepers founders Stuart Rhodes and Kelly Meggs. I'm saying their names um, because (laughs) they have now been convicted of seditious conspiracy. 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, in connection, of course, with the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, this is a victory for the government in a case that involved this rarely used Civil War era statute that um, many were saying were, uh, was audacious of Garland and the Justice Department to attempt these charges because they are rarely charged and and even more rarely convicted. Uh, but they were. Mm-hmm. Three other members of the group who are on trial alongside them were found not guilty on the seditious uh, conspiracy charge. But all five dis- defendants were found guilty of obstruction of an official proceeding and aiding and abetting uh, for their actions on January 6th, which also begs the question, uh, who were they conspiring with if it was seditious conspiracy? And who were they aiding and abetting? Hmm, Thoughts? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Could it have been the president, Donald Trump? Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> well, he apparently was on Truth Social just having a full-on meltdown about this, which, you know, makes sense because uh, – yeah. That's that's the implication. Um, it's a yeah. it's a good good day for justice and, and incredible, truly historic to see these uh, to see this verdict. Absolutely, and I think the you know like I think I've said before, as much as this stays in the news, you know Trump's criminal conspiracy, um, the criminal conspiracy that led to the attempted overthrowing of the election. The more that people hear those words, the better it is for us because they associate Trump and his MAGA faction with criminal behavior and criminal conspiracy. And it helps ultimately, I think, for us to grow our big anti-MAGA coalition that's going to have to keep coming together to beat back this kind of fascism, even in the next election cycle as well. It's a great point. Um, It's both helpful and also honest and based in fact and truth that always needs light shed upon it. So, um, And uh, do you want to talk about this, uh, the beginning of our lame duck session and what's been happening so far? (laughs) Well, it seems like maybe the lame duck isn't going to be that lame, Steve. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Um, It seems uh, very exciting that we just heard today that the Senate has passed, I believe, 61 to 36, the Respect for Marriage Act that had already been passed in the House. So an incredible victory to codify into federal law the protections that have so far been only uh, there via via the Supreme Court rulings, which were in danger. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge victory. It was a bipartisan amendment um, or and a bipartisan vote that um, included 12 Republicans who who came along and voted for it. Yes. And I thank those Republicans uh, for voting for it. Nearly three-fourths of the Republicans in the Senate voted against it. Also yeah. notable. Um, but this is huge. Uh, and um, we were talking a little bit about this right before we started recording. You know, Schumer uh, pulling this out and, uh, and making this vote happen 
is so important to protect against this Supreme Court that is, um, mm-hmm. you know, has has shown that it's coming after, you know, people's fundamental rights and rights that are, are already on the books. So, so now this is codified. There was an amendment uh, put into it, a uh, bipartisan amendment. So it does have to go back to the House for another vote mm-hmm. there. And, uh, and then Biden will sign it into law and we will party. <laughs> yes, it's actually a step forward. I think that's what Schumer was saying. Um, it's kind of amazing to think about the arc of history, right? And we talked about this in the lead up to the election when we were talking about our ad, our Freedom for All ad, and mm-hmm. talking about the different ways over history that we have stepped toward this kind of inclusive democracy. And um, so often it's a step forward and a step back. And in this case, it really is a, a big step forward to have this bipartisan vote, despite most Republicans voting against it, because they still want to take away all of our freedoms. Um, it just feels kind of momentous because I can't even in my own lifetime, you know, when I was younger, that seems sort of impossible that something like that would happen. Yeah. So. Well, um, we're going to talk more about the so-called lame duck session next week, but I'll just leave this here. Don't bet against Pelosi. Don't bet against Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) She's going to go out in some glory. (laughs) I think so. Um, All right. Let's talk about this week's Hero of the Week. Yes. So our Hero of the Week is Latasha Brown, who is the co-founder of Black Voters Matter. Many people might know her. She's on the news a lot. She gets interviewed a lot, and you may have seen her. She's an amazing organizer. She's been organizing in the South and in Georgia for decades. And I, I want to lift her up as a hero of the week because, as we know, all those organizers in Georgia, as we said before, haven't had a break, have been just absolutely pedal to the metal this entire cycle from literally the last runoff in 2021, right after the 2020 (laughs) election, and then fighting and fighting all the voter suppression, all the attacks. We had an opportunity to see Latasha on an event we did right before the election. And she, she said, you know, we are, we're tired. We are, we are working hard and we are tired. Mm. And so I just want to send her a bunch of love. And and I know we've heard from folks on the ground that things are looking, you know, energized. People are showing up. Uh, she's She told us she's feeling pretty good about what's happening on the ground. Um, but it's just those tireless organizers who work day in and day out and who haven't been able to even take a rest, as we said, through the Thanksgiving break. I want to lift Latasha up as the hero she is. And she also represents so many other organizers across the whole multiracial coalition in Georgia who are also heroes, too. Yes. Latasha Brown, you are our hero of the week. And uh, one of these days, we will get her on our show, too. Would love to talk to her. (laughs) Yes. I'm such a fan. She's amazing. Um, All right. Well, that's a perfect segue into this week's to-do list. Which, you know, guess what? <laughs> it's volunteer for <laughs> Warnock in Georgia. We have a week left, you all. So uh, if you've been waiting or you've been tired and like l- lots of us have been post-election, I know everyone worked really hard on that. And we had Thanksgiving and we unplugged for a little bit. But we have a week left. 
We know, we see how close these elections are. Every call you make, every door you knock, uh, it all matters. It really, really matters. So, um, of course, I can't wait for you all to hear Christian Woods and the interview with her. She's going to let you know what's going on on the ground and the best ways we can help. Uh, but go to mobilize.us slash GA votes. And we will have that link, as always, in our show notes page for an easy click to make some calls. And uh, and let's do it. Let's let's not let this be one where we lose by a, a small margin and, and you think, well, I could have done more. I could have made some more calls or something. Let's make sure that we win this one. Oh, we have, we have to win this one. Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, that. What Jen said. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, let's talk about our reasons for hope, and then we'll get to our interview. But um, Jennifer, what's your reason for hope this week? So I've just been thinking about the new members of Congress who are going to be sworn in in early January. Of course, the House is going to change leadership hands, and it's not going to be great, and it's probably going to be upsetting. A lot Mm. of the things they're going to start doing, but it actually is hopeful to think about a new class of new freshman congresspeople who were elected this cycle, mostly by winning uh, competitive primaries for open seats where people had retired or new districts that were formed. And they were supported by Way to Lead, our PAC. They were supported by Justice Democrats, Working Families Party, Indivisible, Move On. A lot of great progressive groups um, supported these leaders. And they're all pretty young. They're all very diverse people of color and they're working class folks who are really just regular people who are now going into Congress. And they're amazing. Um, Max Frost is one you may have heard of Mm -hmm. from Florida. He's the newest Gen Z. He's the first Gen Z member of Congress. Uh, Really incredible. I would would follow all of these people on social media, but certainly Max Frost is amazing. Uh, Delia Ramirez, a Latina out of Illinois, who has been already making some great waves and um, getting some great attention to the importance of the Latino vote and investments in Latino infrastructure building. And Greg Kassar out of Austin, Texas, who is actually the first Latino congressman from Austin that has ever been elected, uh, who's also pretty young and a good friend of Way to Win and our our team. Um, And so... I've just been hearing reports of them, you know, going to orientations and being in DC those last couple of weeks. And so um, it's been filling me with a lot of hope that they're going to join some of the other amazing champions that we have and just how important it is to support folks in primaries who are going to be our champions, you know, not just the swing seats that we certainly have to keep working on, but mm-hmm. thinking the doing the long game and thinking about folks who were, can now, they can now be in Congress if they continue to get reelected for a couple of decades. And that's exciting. <laughs> Max Frost can be in Congress for a long <laughs> time. Yeah. No, that's really exciting. Yeah. And, and, and as we, as we see Speaker Pelosi stepping down from leadership and mentoring a new generation, really, of democratic yeah. leaders, it's, it's really exciting exciting to see that that all happening and and I was in DC briefly uh, right when uh, a lot of the freshmen were arriving for their orientation and and uh, it was very exciting it was like you know Congress camp 
you know, convening. <laughs> and, yeah. And um, and I got to spend a little time with Brittany Peterson, who's a new congresswoman-elect from Colorado's 7th District. And she's really going to be a great champion for fighting against opioid addiction and, uh, and mental health. Um, she has a, a personal story with her mom uh, attached to that that's very powerful. And um, so, yeah, lots to be hopeful for. And... Um, I love that reason for hope. It's going to be tough too. It's going to be tough yeah. on them. What a yeah. What a yucky time to come into Congress, but um, but we'll get through it. Yes, we will. And we'll win, and we'll win it back in twenty four. Come on, Jen. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so um, hopeful. Okay, yes. what's your reason for hope? Um. My reason for hope is is uh, a shameless segue into the interview, but it really is true. <laughs> it's um, all of the record-breaking early vote numbers we're seeing in Georgia right now. I mean, you can't not feel hopeful and inspired by seeing a group of people who are literally being disenfranchised. And, and you know, mm-hmm. the, the Republicans in Georgia are making it more difficult for them to cast their vote, and mm-hmm. and yet they uh, they've had a taste of victory. They know their power, they know their worth, and they will not be deterred. And they are standing in hour long lines, hours and hours, waiting to cast their vote. And they're not going to be deterred. And the early vote numbers are breaking records, and it's uh, it's just inspiring. As I said in the interview, inspiring and infuriating in the same breath, but. But gives me a lot of hope. So that's my reason. Very cool. Yeah, I think so. So that's my reason for hope. And that is my segue into our great interview with Christian Woods. Christian Woods is the senior advisor to the Democratic Party of Georgia's coordinated campaign. Christian, thank you so much for joining us. I know. You are super busy right now, and I'm grateful for your time. It's a pleasure to be here, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. um, So you're a former executive director of the Georgia Democratic Party, and you were directing field efforts for the party before that as well. And Mm -hmm. you're a Georgia native. You've been a big part of the change in Georgia over the last decade and also changes in how we organize in the South, generally speaking. What are the biggest shifts you have seen in the Peach State since you started organizing? That's a great question, Steve. I would say the first shift, one, is just resources. When I came to Georgia um, with the party back in 2016 as deputy field director, um, the state was not as resourced as we are right now in terms of money, in terms of people. So we really started out scrappy. <laughs> you know, this, this, those few diehard folks who believed in Georgia and knew a change was happening, not just demographically, but with the people across the state and not just in urban centers, and who really believed in that mission, who believed in, in doing that work. And so um, we organized phone calls, door knocking, traveling to counties across the state, um, training folks on how to do direct voter contact and community organizing, um, working with the party to help build up the infrastructure. All of those types of efforts play a role 
um, and help us to build up to a space where we are right now, where you see Georgia uh, for the second cycle in a row with all the, with the national spotlight, with the resources coming in, both in terms of, of people power. And we have now an electorate who, who has a taste of victory. They've seen the power of their vote. They've seen what happens when they turn out. And uh, we're seeing record turnout as a result of it. Yeah, that's so important. And uh, the I really feel like you and the organizers in Georgia over the last decade really have created a blueprint for, for what you should be doing with organizing year-round in communities, supporting local organizations, working in conjunction where possible with the party. So um, it's it, always exciting to get to talk to a real live Georgia organizer, because you all have have been uh, modeling what we should be doing all over the country, but you know, uh, especially in the South. And you mentioned um, the record early voting numbers right now. It's really exciting and encouraging. Of course, you know we're seeing it in Republican areas as well. So, um, and I'm sure everyone has seen the video of long lines of people waiting to vote. That should I should ask you: Have you voted yet? Have you had a chance to vote yet? <laughs> I have. I, I, I made a plan to vote early, and they also helped my family make a plan as well. There we go. That's your your pro. Um, so, how are you feeling right now overall? How's it looking? I, you know, overall, I feel good. I'm encouraged. the The voters of Georgia continue to show us their resiliency, um, despite the efforts to, you know, to shorten access to weekend voting, despite the shortened early vote period that we have now for the runoff election, Georgia voters are turning up and ensuring they're making their voices heard. I actually drove down to a polling location um, down in Clayton County, and there was a gentleman who was leaving who said that he had been, he told a, a colleague of mine, he had been waiting in line for over three hours to vote, but he wasn't going to leave until he cast his ballot. Um, and so just hearing voters as they as they leave polling locations, share stories like that about, I didn't care how long the line was, I came here because I wanted to vote. I know the importance of my vote. I know the power of my vote and I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to, make, to, to um, take advantage of my right to have my voice heard. It's, it's, it's encouraging, it's, it's empowering. Um, and I just wish, you know, we didn't have to fight as hard yeah. for Georgia voters to have access to the ballot. But as long as we have to fight, Georgia Democrats, you know, have proven we're going to do whatever it takes to expand access to the ballot. Yeah, it's so inspiring to see people waiting in those long lines and equal parts infuriating as well. Um, I want to talk about the election, about Senator Warnock. It's really easy to talk about how pathetically unfit for office Herschel Walker is. And I feel like that does take up a lot of the discourse. And it's not that voters don't need to know how terrible and dangerous it would be to have Walker in office. But Senator Warnock is a really exceptional senator and one of the true rising stars mm -hmm. of our party. So can you talk about Reverend Warnock's accomplishments and, and what he has brought to the Senate and will continue to bring to the Senate? Absolutely. I mean, he's only been in the Senate for a short period of time, but his presence has has, has proven to be a force. Um, this election really comes down to character. It comes down to competence. 
And Reverend Warnock has proven that he is a person of exceptional character and moral fiber. We've seen from his track record in the US Senate, he's fought for student loan relief. He was one of the main members of the Senate pushing to for, for folks to have the relief of, of student loan debt. He believes in supporting a woman's right to choose, which as you know, is paramount in this moment, given what, what happened with the Supreme Court over the summer. He is one of the most bipartisan senators in the U.S. Senate, which again, just proves that regardless of party, it doesn't matter, he'll reach across the aisle, he'll work with whoever will work with him to ensure that he's making the lives of Georgians better. Um, he also, you know, has led the fight to cap the cost of insulin, which is, you know, life changing, which can be, you know, for folks who, who depend on insulin. So we've seen in just those four small examples of he's going to go to Washington, he is going to stay true to his word and fight for policy changes and policy positions that help to make Georgians lives better, that help to lower cost and that help for them to save a little bit of money because we know who the student loan relief will impact. And when you live in a, a Southern state, a rural state, when you're a young person, a person of color, these these things make a difference. And Reverend Warnock has been fighting for everyday Georgians. And, and that's, why we're, that's why we're seeing this turnout because we know how important it is for us to send him back there to continue to fight for these policies. Um, because unfortunately, Herschel Walker has proven that not only is his character not up to code, is he not, you know, is the competence not there? He's out of touch with policies that Georgia voters believe in, and that will help to make their lives better. Yeah, I haven't heard much uh, about uh, <laughs> Herschel Walker's policies, but, um, you know, uh, what you said about Warnock is uh, is so true. He really did take the lead in student debt relief and in the insulin uh, reduction. And uh, man, he, he's just an exceptional human. And, and I like there's a million reasons why getting that 51st Senate seat is really important. But all of that aside, like this is a man who we want in the Senate. This is a man who we want leading uh, our, our Democrats um, for the future. So, so having said all of that, what do you all need the most from volunteers right now? We're, we're a week out. Uh, how can we help both in state? We've got some listeners in the state or some people who are tr willing to travel, but you know, a lot mm -hmm. of our listeners are from out of state. So how can we all best help you? Steve, I love that question. I'm so <laughs> of happy course to you answer do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one, it's like we are not leaving anything on the field. We're not taking anything for granted. We're focused on the ground game. So we have over 900 paid staffers out here so we can knock on doors, make phone calls. Today is we're calling it our million dial day. So if you're in the state, I urge you to go to mobilize.us slash GA votes and sign up to volunteer with us at one of our offices across the state. If you cannot come in person, please join us to make phone calls via the dialer. You can send text messages. There's even a postcard campaign that individuals can join as well. Um, the, the best thing that we can do in this moment is talk to voters, let them know the importance 
process of voting, the power of their vote, and equip them with the information they need to successfully cast their ballots. So if, if you could do those things for us, Steve, and blast that out, we greatly appreciate it. Oh, we will. And um, we'll have all those links in our show notes page so that our listeners can just write in their little phone app. I'm talking to you listeners. Scroll down through the show notes and click right on that mobilize link and you can get hooked up. And um, I've I've been making calls myself and, and had some great conversations with voters and, and been surprised, you know, to find I'm all, kind of always surprised because we're in our political bubble with really engaged people. And then there's Twitter. Twitter, which Mm -hmm. forget about it. But when you actually call voters and find that there's great people who share our values and, and, you know, share our democratic values who just don't really know what's going on, don't even know Mm -hmm. about the the candidates. You know, I've had people who are like, "I, I need to do some more research into the two candidates. I'm like, are you kidding? Have you seen <laughs> Reverend Warnock? Have you seen Herschel Walker? No, I don't say that on the phone. Believe me. Sorry. I'm getting a look from you. I'm ex- I'm modeling really bad phone banking right now. But um, anyway, uh, <laughs> the point is there's great, great conversations to be had and um, and we will do them. What about um, people traveling from out of state? Is that something that you are? I, I know that was a need. Is that still something that you would like to happen? Yes, we have a we have a, a very robust out of state program where we are uh, intaking volunteers from across the country who want to come in and help, and then getting them dispatched. So, um, you know, one of the best places to go is our mobilize link, um, and it actually has there a, a space just for individuals who are coming in. From, from neighboring states or other parts of the country who want to assist Georgia voters. And we'll get you right into our pipeline and sent out to help us knock on doors or to do a party at the polls or mm. whatever it takes for us to get across the finish line successfully. Mm, I like a party in Georgia. That sounds fun. Um, so, uh, You're a fun bunch. <laughs> you are. I, I lived in uh, Atlanta for a summer once when I was – When I was very young, a long time ago. Um, So when we're calling voters or knocking on doors, um, you know, everything is laid out for volunteers. Our volunteers know this. There's a script and everything. But what what are the messages that are really resonating with with Georgia voters right now? I think one, you know, it goes back to the conversation that that we've been having about this character and competence. It's a very clear contrast mm-hmm. between Senator Warnock and Herschel Walker. And when it comes down to it, Georgia voters want someone they can trust. They want someone who they feel like will, will lead them and will lead their, represent their families in a way that they can be proud of. And it's very clear that Reverend Warnock is the candidate and the senator to get that done and continue on the work he's already built upon in the past two years. So just focusing again on talking about his his record of lowering costs and fighting for Georgia voters and equipping Georgia voters with, you know, IWillVote.com, helping them to find their location, helping them to know where they can find ballot drop box locations, telling them their polling hours, sharing our voter protection hotline numbers and letting them know that they can either call or text that hotline on Sunday alone. We received over 1000 phone calls to our hotline. So we're continuing to see that when we put resources out there for the voters, they take advantage of them. They're hungry for this knowledge and we're just here to help them. 
Yeah, those are really the best calls. I've, you know, helped a few voters literally go to IWillVote.com, went on the website with them, helped them find their polling place, helped them make a plan for when they were going to go. And uh, those are such satisfying conversations because, you know, you you got a couple. And these elections are so, so close. Every single conversation Mm -hmm. like that really makes a difference. So, um Last question uh, before we send you back to your very important work right now. Um, What gives you the most hope for the future right now? That's a great question, Steve. I feel like um, I answer this question the same way every time. I always tell people I do this work for my life and for the lives of the people that I love. And when I, I see or hear about the, the times that people are waiting in line to vote, and that folks are just are going to do whatever it takes to make their voices heard. To me, that's what fills me up, is just knowing that we do this work because we believe in the possibilities of the ways that we can make people's lives better and we can help people to make this country and the state better. And to know that when you do the work that the voters are, they're doing their part as well, you see the community aspect of it. And that fills me up every single time. It just gives me the drive I need to continue the fight because it has been a long couple of months, mm. but um, we're feeling good. And like I said, we're just taking nothing for granted. Yeah, it, it feels like you are constantly in election mode over there. So <laughs> thank you so much for all of the work you're doing. And I know we, we've all got your back. We're all going to jump in and help. And um, Christian, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me right now. It's a pleasure, Steve. You have a good day. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is how we win. We win when we all get involved. We would love to hear from you. Please send us an email at hello at howwewinpod.com or tweet to us at howwewinpod, at bluesboysteve, and at Jen Ancona. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple or wherever you get your pods and share our show with your friends and family. I'm sure they did that over Thanksgiving. I'm sure that was what they were talking about our show over Thanksgiving. Of course. (laughs) Definitely. Um, We will be pushing our release next week one day again so that we can talk about the Georgia election results. So we will be back with some more next Thursday. See you then.